I just sort of set up this morning what I'm wanting to speak about. So it's a little bit on the, on the same vein as, you know, I talked about uh, the, the, the worry that we have sometimes and how that is not what God has called us to, the worry of the world. But there should be this peace that we have. Now, peace comes through lots of different means. Peace comes through not having any trouble. We know that to be part of the story that, you know, when we don't have any troubles, we're at peace, aren't we? Do you agree with that? Like when your life is honky-dory, you're at peace. Peace comes through those external circumstances when we're afraid of what's happening around us. We don't tend to have peace. Um, Peace comes from relational things that we have in our life as well. You know, like when things are, are going wrong relationally, it's like everything else in life spirals out of control sometimes, doesn't it? You know, you're sort of like, your relationship's not good, so you're worried about every single thing in your life. There's, there's a lack of peace. But one of the things that I wanted us to think about today is, is that word faith again. Faith. Do I actually live in faith? And, you know, faith is actually an anchor for our soul when we really believe in God it, it looks differently at circumstances right? doesn't it it looks our eyes are very different when we're looking through eyes of faith and I want to challenge us this morning are we actually people of faith or are we just people who believe now I know that sounds really weird you know like well, what do you mean if you believe you've got faith I think there's something far beyond that you know like Jesus said it pretty clearly you know well the devil believes in God. Doesn't make him a person of faith, but he believes in God. He believes he's there and he believes he exists. And in actual fact, I'm sure Satan is very aware of God's power. Very aware. But what about us? You know, are we people who just believe? You know, we follow God, we've got a faith in God. Or are we still living in faith? Um, Paul, when he wrote to the Galatians, was talking about that. You know, you started out in faith. You know, you received the Holy Spirit in faith. And now it's all gone wrong. You seem to have stepped out of faith. And I wonder sometimes as I talk to people throughout the week, because it's very much the peace of God and the lack of worry is very connected to our faith in God, right? What are we believing for? Are we believing that God, who saved our soul from death, is still working actively in this world today? Am I reaching out to touch what God has said? Am I, am I opening up myself to see God move in amazing ways? Ways that are beyond my comprehension and understanding because let's be honest, there's a lot of distraction to our faith in the world. A lot of distraction. Faith doesn't work on what we see. That's the problem because if, we, if faith worked on what we see, it would be very simple, right? I could look at it and go, yep, that, that happens. That's the situation. Of course it's going to work out. What I see before me is absolutely right. You know, I can see that, you know, if this follows, this follows, this follows, this, definitely I believe that will happen. But faith takes what we can't see and holds on to that. It is the hope. It's the, the anchor for what we're believing for not because we can see it in front of us, but in fact, exactly the opposite. We can't see it. In our eyes, in our reality, what's before us, the very situation that's there in front of us, we look at it and we're like, that's impossible. 
But yet somehow the eyes of faith see beyond that to, wait a minute, with God, all things are possible. And one of the other problems is that we, we, we live this very short life. You know, I talked about that a few weeks ago, how short our life is and, you know, we're here today, gone tomorrow, like the vapour, like the smoke, whatever it might be, we're gone. But also the way we view the world is very much in the moment, isn't it? Like, the way I see the world right now is what's happening around me right now. When I look at the situation, the circumstance, it may be, you know, my, my son or my daughter isn't following Jesus, or it may be that I've got a health problem, or it may be that, you know, I don't have finance at the moment, whatever it might be, that that is very much what we see around us. That is not eyes of faith. Eyes of faith suddenly lock in, and it's like, I was just thinking about it, you know, Stephen, uh, if you don't know the story of Stephen in, in Acts, he was martyred and it's like he looked up to heaven and the clouds parted and he saw heaven. Faith is like that for our lives. It's like we're taking our eyes off what we see in front of us, we're looking up towards God and it's like the clouds, the, the murkiness suddenly open up and we see God. What's possible through you, God? Do I really believe it? Am I really believing for something? And I'd have to say throughout my church life that there's been moments when I'm with people of great faith. Now you might think, well, you know, if we have faith, it's faith. Don't, don't pick on faith. Can we have a lot of faith and a little bit of faith? Jesus said it, didn't he? Jesus said to his disciples, you know, you haven't got any faith. Oh, you've got little faith. This man's got great faith. There's something that Jesus is looking for, and in the passage that we're going to read today, when Jesus returns to the earth, that is a question he's going to be asking. Will I find faith? Jesus mentioned faith when he went to his hometown, and, and it said that he, he couldn't do many miracles. In the Gospels it says he couldn't do many miracles in his hometown because of the lack of faith, except for lay hands on a few sick people. There's something amazing and powerful about faith and, and what we believe because I guarantee right now, this very day, before you is some circumstance that you're looking at and you're like going, this is reality. God's called me to this. God's shown me this. So I'm, I'm pressing on and, and I'm, I know that God said this, but everything around me looks really bad at the moment. The, the situation isn't quite right. You know, the, it, it's just not changing. But God is incredible because he is the beginning and he is the end and he can see the end from the beginning before the foundation of the world he sent jesus he prepared it he said this is going to happen i'm sending jesus because he knew what would happen god knows the beginning from the end there'll be people in here today where you probably had parents or grandparents that were looking at your life and they were going that kid needs jesus I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray daily. I'm going to pray regularly. I'm going to pray fervently for the salvation of my grandson or my son. And, and, and they keep praying daily, never seeing an answer, yet always believing through the eyes of faith what would happen. And then that day came, maybe when they were still alive, maybe when they, they'd pass on to glory, where you sitting there today had been prayed for, where they'd locked in in faith and said, I'm believing despite what I see that this person is going to walk into the promise and the call of God for their life. I believe that Jesus, you are going to move. I believe God 
in your promises about my generations, that if I am faithful to your covenant, that, that you, will, you will extend your salvation to my children's children, and I'm not ever wavering from that promise. I believe, God, that despite the finances that I see before me, that you are the God who shall supply all my needs, and if I just hold on in faith, I will see a victory. Because God doesn't look at a moment. God is the moment. As we know, the Bible talks about, you know, that a, you know, that a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. To God, there is no time. He knows the beginning from the end. He will move. He will shuffle. He will change your circumstances in order to get you where you need to be. He knows. The marriage that is struggling at the moment, as we look at the present time, it's like, I can't see a way out of it, but God can see the end. It might take change in you, it might take change in your spouse, and inevitably it will. It might take the change of heart towards one another, but God can see the end from the beginning. Will it always work out? <laughs> if you trust him, it will. If you have faith, it will. If you move your life towards his, it will. If you don't follow him, if you're not obedient, if you lose faith, there's every chance that it won't. So here's the question today. Are you a Christian walking in faith? I, I look at the church and it's interesting. I was challenged while I'm studying this and, and just reading through something and it's about a guy uh, who run a church in America somewhere, Chuck Smith, <laughs> Calvary Chapel, I believe. And as he was praying for something, he's like looking at his church and he said, you know what I was doing? I was praying for a church. Lord, give me 250 people in my church. I want 250 people. And he gave an example of someone else who might be needing $100 because they've got these bills before them where it's like, I need $100, Lord, and they pray for $100. And he said... I realised I was limiting God in my life. I was limiting God in the church I was in because I was sort of setting the ceiling, God, give me 250. What I was doing was not giving myself over to God, whatever you want to do, God. If you want this church to be a 1,000 people, let it be a 1,000 people. God, if you want to give me more than $100, give me more than $100, that person would be praying. It wasn't about the amount, it wasn't about the number of people, but what it was about was this submission to God and his plan for their life. And I wonder sometimes, do we limit God? I've been in prayer meetings like that, and I'm not coming against what I'm about to say, so please listen very, very carefully and don't make assumptions. Sitting in a prayer meeting, a girl in a coma... And I was like, man, here we are among some people of faith. Let's pray that God would get this girl out of the coma. Now, I say that on this, I've seen it happen before. I've seen God do miracles. I've sometimes been in that place where it hasn't happened. But I was like, let's do this, guys, let's pray. And I'm praying, you know, God, we just want to pray that, you know, this person will come out of their coma, Lord, that their body would be healed, that they would be made well, they would be made whole. And the very next prayer, and the very next prayer after that, where God, when she dies, can you comfort the family? Now, I'm not saying that's a bad prayer for comfort for the family, but, but what it was 
what it was speaking to me about was like, where's the faith in the room? You know what I mean? Jesus kicked some people out of a room and the, the little girl was dead and, and he said, everyone get out. <laughs> he brought in a couple with him, people of faith. And I wonder sometimes if we are at this stage because of the way the world has been and, you know, the chaos and the, the climate of the world that, that our thinking has been manipulated to be distracted by the, uh, the facts of the world before us. But not just distracted by that, but manipulated by that. That, that, that no longer are we people that, that are willing to believe for something bigger than what we see before our eyes. That, that we're, we're grasping out for the very smallest of mercies from God when we have a God who is so gracious and merciful that has in his storehouse in heaven far more than we could ever need, far more than we could ever use in our life and and, and when he says that he will supply all our needs, it's according not to what we see before us, but it's according to his riches in glory. Now, we must know that God's riches are incredible, right? Whatever we need. God's not lacking anything. Maybe you need some grace from him. He's so rich in his grace towards us. Maybe you need some mercy. He's so rich in his mercy Whatever it is in your life that you need, that God is not this limited God. He's this unlimited God. <laughs> he owns everything. He's the first cause of everything. You see, the world didn't exist and it was made of nothing. It says that what was made was made from nothing. There was nothing there until God said, let there be. We're talking about the first cause, which is why we can believe in miracles. Why we can believe in, in God moving, because God is not bound by the physical, what's around us, what's in us, because God is the first cause. He is, he is beyond what we see. He is beyond the material. He is the, the essence of life itself. And so when we're looking and thinking there is nothing for God to work with, guess what he needs? Nothing. He doesn't need anything to work with. He doesn't need any object or thing or, or circumstance that, that has to be in a certain way with certain properties for him to work. He just needs hearts of faith. Hearts of faith that believe in him, that look towards him. So let's look at our passage. It's actually a passage in Luke chapter 18. And verse 1 to 8. So when we first read through this passage, it's going to be talking about prayer and a, and a widow and a judge. So let's read through that, that firstly and then we'll, we'll talk about it. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. First things first, guys. Jesus is telling this story so that he can encourage us, Right? You might be in a place right now, you're like, well, you know, I've prayed once, I've prayed twice, I've prayed three times, I've prayed for my son, my daughter, a hundred times. God, you haven't moved. Jesus says this, keep praying. Don't give up. Be persistent. 
There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, I don't feel God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So what about this little parable that Jesus is talking about? Is he saying that God's a wicked judge? No. He's saying I'm opposite to that. This lady's coming before the judge and he doesn't love God, doesn't care about God, and he certainly doesn't care about people either. Unlike God, who does care about people, who is just, who is kind and is full of love. The point that, God, that Jesus was trying to get across here was that even this person, even the most wicked person, the wicked judge, if he was nagged enough, would change his mind. He said, I'm just sick of this. I'm going to give that lady what she wants. It's not saying that we should be naggers of God without faith at all. But we do know this, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the last question that Jesus poses here in verse 8, it says, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? It's an interesting question. Another version says, will he find anyone with faith? Will he find faith on the earth? Will there be people that are not nagging God, that are just thinking that if I can just say it enough times that God will give me what I want, but actually believe in God? There's something that, that we see here that, that is sort of obvious, that, that somehow faith is visible to Jesus. Faith is visible to Jesus. It is something that he is looking for. It's the great thing that Jesus is looking for. In fact, he's saying, you know what, when I come back to earth, this is what I'm looking for. Imagine that, Jesus coming back to save the world and he's saying, as I'm scanning this place, this is what I'm looking for. People of faith, people that believe me. He's not looking for people's innocency. He's not looking for all those sorts of things, but their faith. Why is that important? Mitch spelled it out this morning. You see, there's none righteous except through the blood of Jesus Christ and how we made righteous, how we made right with God. The first step of our journey, we are made right with God by our faith. The Bible talks about Abraham, that he was counted righteous because he believed in God, because he had faith in God. He was counted righteous because of that, not because of anything he'd done. Oh, that faith required a response and Abraham stepped out going to a land he didn't know just on the word of God. 
Abraham believed against hope, the Bible says, that, that he would have a son. And for some reason, <laughs> sort of obvious, I guess, but Jesus, when he comes back to earth, he's saying, am I going to find faith? Is, it's interesting to me that that's what he's looking for. He wants people not to be the persistent widow and nagging an evil judge, but people that know God is not an evil judge. He's a good God and he loves to give good gifts to his children and that he can work beyond the circumstance around. He wants those sort of people sitting here today in his church. It implies that, that when he comes to earth, Jesus will discover it, that that, that is something he's going to see in some people. And, and the question that I ask us today is, is it going to be us? If Jesus came in this place today, would he walk through the back doors and look at us and go, there's a people of faith? Or would he look at us and say, there's a people who get together on a Sunday? What is it that's in our heart? Do you really know God's calling for your life? Do you really believe that his promises are true? Do you really trust in God in every area of your life that you are willing enough to go, God, whatever, I'm trusting you. I can see the mountain before me, but I'm trusting you. I can see the lack of finance, but I'm trusting you. I can see the bad relationship, but I'm trusting you, that I want to give myself to you completely. I'm trusting you. That I'm no longer being polluted by what is around me in the world and just believing whatever they say. Oh my gosh. I believe that my kids are all going to be depressed because that's just the way it is in the world. I believe my kids are going to just... Go off in a sinful path because that's just the way it is in the world. I believe that people can't get saved anymore because that's just what it is. No one wants to talk about Jesus. I believe that the church can't grow and we need to just gather together and hold on to one another while the world around us drowns. Have we lost faith in the gospel itself, that it is the good news, that it is the power of God towards salvation to all who believe? The power of God. We understand the power of God, not just the message of God, the power of God, the gospel, the good news. That the world itself needs a transformation of the gospel, but we need that in our heart firstly. Do we believe? How do you know what you believe? <laughs> First of all, do you pray? If you don't pray, you don't believe, right? You are literally a person with no faith because you don't pray. You don't pray because you don't believe God can actually do anything. You might hope, you might cry. You might struggle, you might think that God might maybe, but if you're not praying, I guarantee right now, today, you're not a person of faith. 
Because prayer is God's invitation to speak to what is around you, to pray into what is around you, to invite God into circumstances for the very express reason that we trust God can do something about it. Does that make sense? If you're not praying, you don't have faith. Seriously. Because you don't even ask God, let alone think that he'll do it. You're not, not even asking. But when you do pray, how do you pray? I want you to really think about that. Listen to yourself when you pray. How do you pray? What, what prayers are you praying? Are they prayers of faith? Are they believing for what God might do, can do, will do? Or are they different to that? Listen to how you pray. You will very quickly work out whether you're of faith or not. There's one thing that the Bible says we need to please God. One thing. <laughs> well, no, it's not the one thing we only need. But without this one thing, you will never please God. Can we put that up, please? Hebrews 11.6. It is impossible, absolutely impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, that he's a rewarder of those that sincerely seek him. This is massive, isn't it? Because I know in your heart today you're like, I just want to please God, but without faith it's impossible. The Bible talks about how God doesn't take delight in people who shrink back, who, who don't push on in faith. There's no delight in God. And, and there's more than one verse that talks about the just shall be the people that live by faith. They shall live by faith. They shall live by faith. I like that because they're not going to die by faith. They're going to live by faith. They're going to take hold of this life. They're going to live out the purpose of God because they believe in him. Does it mean you won't struggle? Not, of, not that I know of. I can pretty much see that there will be struggle. The Bible declares it. But you see, faith can only be activated when there's a weapon, there's an enemy, sorry, to that faith. How can you believe for something you already have? You've already got it, right? And in that struggle and in that time when you have to draw on God, that is when your faith can be activated to believe in him and believe in what he can do. And it's such a joy for us as Christians to be able to do that. Just going to pray in a second. I just want to pray that we will grab hold of faith. Guys, do you feel a little trapped today? Do you feel that there's a breakthrough that's needed in your life? Do you feel that you want to give up today? I want to encourage you, don't. Just don't. I want to encourage you to be like that persistent widow that never gives up, but understanding that God is a good God. 
is not like that unjust judge. He's good. And he's on your side and he wants you to succeed. He wants you to grow. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above and not beneath. He wants you to be more than a conqueror through Christ. He wants to shower his blessing upon you. He wants you to to know that everything you put your hand to do will succeed because you are so submitted to his will. Trust in God today. It may be that this morning you're here and you've never, ever given your life to Jesus. That is the first part of this journey. The very fact that you're here this morning means that there's something in your heart that it's like, I need more than what I have. Jesus is the more. He came, he died for you, and he rose again so that you could be free from sin. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray a prayer and I'm inviting you to pray with me to ask him into your life for today to become a Christian and give your life to him. So if that's you, just pray with me now. Father God, I'm so sorry that I've walked away from you and I've been disobedient, that I haven't had that relationship with you this morning. I want you to make that right. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. I know I can do nothing to get back to you, but I want to thank you that Jesus has made that way for me. Forgive me of my sin in Jesus' name. From this day on, I want to live for you. Amen. Okay, guys, we're going to um, worship in a minute. Matt, I just felt um, this morning, just as we were worshipping, that God just had a word for you that the lid is about to come off. And that there's things that you've been, I know you're a tall man, but it's like you've been hitting your head on the ceiling and it hurts. <laughs> and God's saying, that's all right, the ceiling's about to be taken right away and that God wants to move in a powerful way through your life and transform heaps of things, all right? I'm just going to, yeah, allow you to, to soar where you're meant to be. Okay, guys, let's stand and let's worship. Um... I don't know what the words of this song are that are coming up, but I want you to have a look at them and, and think about them in terms of that eyes of faith. Is there something in the song that you're declaring over your life, over someone else's life, or is there just this faith in God from it? But if, if it's true, and it is true because the Bible says it is, that without faith it's impossible to please God, this is something that we should be reflecting on as Christians more than just once in our lifetime. It should be, am I believing God today? Am I believing that God can do something? That he can make a breakthrough? Remembering that we see the present, whereas God sees everything. You might not see your son or daughter coming to Jesus today, but God knows they already have down the road God knows already so he can move people in their lives he can put Christians around them that can speak life into them he can speak to them out of the blue there's one beautiful story one one of my pastor friends who was saying his son had just decided that you know Christianity wasn't for him he became someone in finance in banking so he could travel the world he's partying 
in um, one of the Greek islands out on the dance floor high on drugs and he hears a voice <laughs> says what are you doing here what are you doing here so he's like uh, no one around keeps going on hears that voice again what are you doing here it was God talking to him he gave up that lifestyle returned to Christ and um the words of this pastor the whole time because we were talking about how that's the biggest thing on the heart of Christian mums and dads, isn't it? You just want your, your son, your daughter, your grandkids to get to heaven with you. Certainly something that was always on my heart and there's some songs that you sing and it's like they break your heart and you're just singing for your kids. And he said, you know, all that time when his son was wandering, he just said, I couldn't do anything else. I just prayed like Billy-O. <laughs> you see, we don't see God speaking to our son or daughter at a nightclub on a Greek island. But God sees the future now. And he wants us to be engaged in prayer in so many different things like what, what is your ministry in church? Jen, with youth, you need a team. God sees that team. God sees that team. He's got it. You don't see him. But God knows who's he's got to move around and bring you into the church and gather around you he knows who's going to be saved and what gifts and talents that they have that he can use for his kingdom God knows the eyes of faith see things that are not as though they were the eyes of faith see things that are not as though they were and as you're praying that's what God would be challenging us to do to look at that circumstance, not see that circumstance removed, but what is it that you know God wants? And you're praying that. You're not praying for absence. You're praying for what you can't see. Just as God spoke and nothing became something, the same as being entrusted to us as people of faith is to pray for what is not as though it were. It, whatever you're struggling with right now, what about the workplace you're in? It's so tumultuous. Maybe it's a Christian workplace and you're like, they don't seem at all like Christians. It's all just going to fall apart. This is what I see. Lord, just stop all the trouble. No, no. God, I see this workplace. I see this a workplace of strong Christians, if you're in a Christian workplace, that love you, that are serving you, that are 100% committed to the cause of Christ. If it's another workplace that you're in, I see this as a workplace of peace, God, that, that is productive, that where people are engaged with one another, where there's this, this beautiful peace in this situation, brought to you by God. <laughs> but through you and your prayers. I'm too busy. 
Martin Luther said that whenever he had a really, really busy day ahead and he knew it was stacked out, he spent more time in prayer, not less. Because he knew he needed God to order it. Take the moment and make the most of it. If you want prayer for anything, please come up the front. Love to pray for you.